Praise the Lord. Well, how many got deeply touched by that? Man, I'm still touched by it. Thank you, Janice. I think what specially touched me is, uh, is you are an ordinary person. And uh, God can do wonderful things to ordinary people. Amen. Actually, before I get to share the word of God, I'd love Ian to just come and tell us what's happened while I've been away. Come on. Come on, Ian. Come and tell us some things that have been happening. Hallelujah. Um, I don't really know what to say. God did so many amazing things over there. But um, one of the sessions I shared on the covering canopy of the angelic realm that's around the throne of God and what it looks like and all this kind of stuff, the meeting that followed that in the evening session, um, we started worshiping. And after about 20 minutes, the atmosphere began to break open. And then we went into singing in the spirit now. There would probably be 250, 300 people in the meeting. And it sounded like there were thousands of people in the meeting. And it just went on and on and on and on. And the worship band just stopped playing. And we all had our hands up in there, including the guy that was playing the piano, except the piano carried on playing. And so we were in this meeting with this atmosphere of the angelic realm operating. It was just, I mean, I've, I've been in the presence of God before. This thing was just so different than anything we'd ever experienced. And so, I mean, it's just one small thing of so many little things that happened during the conference time. So I really appreciate it. I'm off again next week for four more weeks in the States. We've got five more conferences to do. So thank you very much for praying for me. Fantastic. Awesome. Great to hear the mighty works of God. Kay will be very glad to have you back again. So enjoy your couple of days home, and we'll be looking forward to hearing of the great stories of the Lord working in other nations. Tremendous, isn't it? Okay, well, let's just open our Bibles in Hebrews chapter 6. Those of you watching today, we're carrying on our series uh, on Hebrews 6, the first principles. And we've talked about repentance and dead works and faith towards God. We've spoken about the doctrine of baptisms, the teaching of baptisms, uh, baptized into Christ and into his body, baptized into water, baptized in the Holy Ghost. Today we want to speak on the next uh, session, which is on the laying on of hands. And uh, so we're going to read from the Word of God in a few moments. I encourage you to have a Bible to follow it through. And uh, then at the end of the service, we want you to be touched by the presence of God. So let's read from Hebrews chapter 6. Therefore, verse 1, leaving the discussion of the elementary doctrines of Christ, let us go on to perfection or maturity, not laying again the foundations of repentance from dead works, faith towards God, the doctrine or teaching of baptisms, of the laying on of hands, of the resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God will permit. And so we see it's talking here about foundations spiritual foundations. The Bible likens your life to a house. A house needs foundations. The first spiritual foundation to be laid is your relationship with Jesus Christ. So the first of these foundations are repentance from dead works, empty activities, trying to gain favor with God, coming to a place of faith and trust in the living God. And so uh, that's the first part. So the first part of the foundation takes us out of a life of sin and puts us into being joined to God and brings us into a body called the body of Christ. Then as a consequence of that, we begin to understand what baptisms is. The doctrine of baptisms is a teaching. Baptism is to be immersed or dipped. And so because we are now immersed in Christ, our old life has gone away from God's point of view. And so we are water baptized. Water baptism, we're buried. The old life is buried out of sight. We arise to walk in a new life with God. 
water baptism is about saying goodbye to an old self-centered life, a life which is all about me and what can I get out of life to a life lived to bring honor to God. And so following the water baptism is baptism in the Holy Spirit, the immersion into a new realm of the supernatural. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is usually accompanied by the gift of speaking in tongues, a language we've never learned, a language of the Spirit. And we are ushered into a dimension of the Spirit. It's your choice whether you stay there, live there, walk there, and grow in the supernatural dimensions on your life. But never, never stop short or at the beginning. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is just the beginning of that life in the Spirit. Now we're going to look at the doctrine of laying on of hands. And laying on of hands is very simple. It's just what it says. It's actually you lay hands on someone. One person lays hands on another person. And as a consequence of that, there is a spiritual connection between them. You've got to realize it's not just some empty ceremony. Shine, uh, you're still on your feet. Come on up here. That's right. Come on up here. You'll, you'll help me today. That'll be great. I appreciate your help. I need someone to stand behind them. So this is what happens in the laying on of hands. As we lay hands on a person, there is a connection of one person to another. You know, it's interesting. One of the most important things that uh, we need in our life is human touch. God is a personal God. He's not sort of someone remote and far off. And so touch is very vital to human life. And one of the ways that God has ordained that things are transmitted into our life is through connecting and touching. And particular ways we can touch, lay hands on people, is one of them. Notice when Jesus healed people, sometimes he touched them first. Many times he laid hands on them. So we'll look at what the laying on of hands is for. But let me get you to understand what is really at the core of it. The core of laying on of hands is very simply this. When one person lays hands on another, it is because they have something to give to the other person. There is a connection takes place between one person and the other. And if he believes and exercises faith, see, sometimes we like to think that God will just do it out of the air or out of the spirit world. And we can just get everything we need just directly from him. And it's true. God does supply directly to us, but God also works through a body of people. And God uses people who are filled with his spirit to carry his life to others. So the laying on of hands acknowledges that not only does God want to touch me, he wants to touch me through another person. That God gives something to a person that I can receive. And so, Cheyenne, if you'll just lift your hands to the Lord just right now, and if you will just close your eyes and open your heart expecting to receive, then I'll lay hands on you, and then something of what God has given to me will flow into your life. It's nothing dramatic or mystical about this. It's just in the laying on of hands. From one person to another, there is a real tangible impartation. Something flows from one person to the other person. You just see it happen there right now. Could you just get him back on his feet again? That's right. Now, I can only give away what I've received. You and I are called to carry the Spirit of God. That's why 
God put his spirit in you so you could be joining him and walk with him. That's why you got baptized in the Holy Ghost. So you could enter a dimension where the power of God is in your life. And so part of carrying the power of God is that you share what God has given you. And so in the laying on of hands, which can be just as simple as just a touch, or it can be as intentional as me going, Or it can be just simply that I just touch him. Give me a hand. Holy Ghost, just touch him right now. The power of God flows. There's a tangible flow of power. And so through the laying on of hands, I make a physical connection with them. And what is in my spirit connected to God flows from heaven and he receives. Now, this is not for special people. This is for all who have been connected to Christ and ushered into the realm of the Spirit supernaturally by being baptized in the Spirit. This is something every believer is called to do because the Bible says, signs shall follow all who believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You have to understand that God has called you not just to experience Him, but to connect to people tangibly and release what he has given you. Thank you very much, Sean. You can stay there if you want to. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? What about you? I think you could have some too. Just stand over there and Sean can be your catcher. Thank you, Lord. So, Lord, I just thank you, Lord. You just fill me with joy. <laughs> joy unspeakable. So all I've got to really do is just touch him like that, and the power of God is on him. There is a flow through connection. You and I need to be filled with the Spirit every day. Carrying the life of God to give to someone else. You say amen? Say amen? Praise the Lord. Well, Cheyenne, just come on over here now, Cheyenne. There we are. Now, I want you to consciously lay hands on him. Now, just stand back from him. That's it. We need someone to carry. Okay, then. Are we ready now? Now, now, Cheyenne, I want you to become very conscious. The Spirit of God is inside you. Just meditate for a few moments. God is in me. Almighty God is in me. Great joy is in me. And I want you just intentionally in a moment to step forward and just put both your hands on Lynn's head. And as you do that, expect there will be an impartation from you to him. Are you ready? Just go do it. There you are. You have something to give from God. That's true of every believer. You have something to give. You have something to give. If you hunger for spiritual experiences... Hunger that you might build up people and take what God gives you and give it to someone else. God wants you to have something to give to others. So at the end of the service, get to pray for someone next to you and lay hands on them. Oh, you're still there. Holy Ghost, touch this man right now. Touch him right now in Jesus' name. Oh, whew, power of God, just hit him, Lord. That's it. We all have something to give. Tell someone next to you, you have something to give. Praise the Lord. So, people receive an impartation. Okay, so, 
What are the purposes of the laying on of hands? We need to have a look in the Bible and we'll find that there are about five distinct purposes for the laying on of hands. And uh, you notice now he's just enjoying himself over there. Lynn, uh, Lynn, are you ready? Are you ready? Uh, uh, no more. Whew, power of God, touch him right now. Thank you, Lord. Now, there's an atmosphere of expectation. And I want you at the end of the service to pray for someone believing for God to release his power through you. Why not do that? Okay, now let's just look at some of the purposes of, uh, of laying on of hands. And I'll go through just a few simple key scriptures just related to them. There's about five major purposes for the laying on of hands. And uh, so let's just have a look at the first one in Genesis chapter 48, verse 13. Genesis 48 and verse 13. The first purpose of laying on of hands is for blessing, for blessing, for blessing. Blessings in the Bible were prophetic. They were prophetic impartations to people's life. Let's have a look at it in Genesis 48. And it says in verse 13, Joseph took them both, Ephraim with his right hand towards Israel's left hand, Manasseh with his left hand towards Israel's right hand, brought them near him. And Israel stretched his right hand, laid it on Ephraim's hand, it was the younger. Then he blessed Joseph. In verse 20, he blessed them that day, saying, By you Israel will bless. May God make you as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And he said Ephraim before Manasseh. So you notice here that there is a blessing imparted. It is a prophetic word spoken and it becomes reality in the person's life through the laying on of hands. It becomes real by the laying on of hands. So in the Old Testament, blessings are not just, well, God bless you. It was far more than that. It was God bless you with this. Bless you with long health, good health, long life, favor. It was always prophetic of that person's destiny. And so words of blessing imparted life. And when the father laid hands on the son, there was a blessing imparted to them. In the New Testament, the woman brought their children to Jesus and they wanted Jesus to lay hands on their children because they knew if he lay hands on them, there would be something of the life of God imparted into them. How wonderful to grow in a family where fathers speak words of blessing into their children, who lay hands on them even while they're in the womb, prophesy over them and speak into them blessing and health and life. Your words carry power. The laying on of hands is one way that power is released into the life of another. So the first uh, purpose is one of blessing. And there are a number of examples of people being blessed. In Numbers chapter 27, and verse 18 to 20, then Moses laid hands on Joshua. Let's just have a quick look at that. Moses laid hands on Joshua. Number 27, verse 18 to 20. Numbers 27, and verse 18 to 20. There was a need for leadership transition. There was a need for a leadership shift. God had spoken and identified and uh, in this, what happens is God speaks and hands, Moses lays hands on Joshua and God takes something of what is on Moses' life and puts it on Joshua and Joshua arises to a new level of authority. So with the laying on of hands, there can be an impartation of authority into your life. Something happens inside you. 
You need to believe for it to happen. You need to have faith for it to happen. And when God has commanded it to happen, through the laying on of hands, your whole inner life can come up to a new level of authority in what you can do, in how you can operate, in the way God will work through you. This is why the laying on of hands such a wonderful thing to have happen, particularly when we have anointed men and women of God do that. The second uh, area of, uh, of laying on of hands is impartation of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Let's look in Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. It's also in Acts chapter 8. So go to the book of Acts. And the uh, Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit was often imparted through the laying on of hands. So let's have a look at, at an example of it in uh, Acts chapter 8 and verse 17. The apostles laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And they knew they'd received the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in tongues. Look at Acts chapter 9. Verse 17, Ananias, who's just an ordinary believer, a disciple of Jesus Christ, went his way. He entered into the house where Paul was staying and he laid hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Notice in verse 17, he laid hands on him. So two things happen. First thing is that God has spoken to him to go to find Saul. Now, you've got to understand, that's a scary thing to do. Saul's just been murdering all the Christians. And God speaks to an ordinary believer and said, This man, in spite of what you heard, in spite of what you've seen, in spite of the stories, in spite of their bad reputation, I see something in him that others can't see. He said, I want you to go to his house, find where he is, and then lay hands on him and speak over him. Often we can only see people through the eyes of their history. We know them in the community from what they are and what they've been like. But we need to see as God sees. He sees your destiny. He sees within this murderer a man who could change a generation. He sees within people who others say are failures. He sees someone who could make a generational difference. And how did it happen? He listened to the voice of God. He came and laid hands on him. He laid hands on him as he laid hands and spoke. The Holy Ghost came on him. Paul was filled with the Spirit and also he was healed. So the laying on of hands is used for imparting the Holy Ghost. There is a transference, an activation of something can happen when there is faith for this to happen. Here's a third uh, uh, use of laying on of hands in 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Paul has spoken and he said, I really long to come to you that I might impart to you some spiritual gift. So impartation of spiritual gifts can happen through the laying on of hands. Look at these verses very clearly. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 14. Paul is writing to Timothy. Notice what he says. Do not neglect the gift that is in you. So you see, Timothy has a gift, and it's in him. It's a charisma. It's a supernatural operation of God. doesn't tell us what it is. He says, don't neglect it. It was given to you by prophecy <clears throat> with the laying on of hands of the eldership. So notice how he received the gift. Number one, he's got a gift. Two, the gift is in him. 
For it was given to him, and it was given to him by a prophetic word spoken, accompanied with the laying on of hands. And something entered his life. He was gifted and could do things he had not done before. Notice what it says in 2 Timothy 1 and verse 6. It says here, I remind you, stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. And notice how it came? By impartation. So Timothy was clearly known to Paul. He was known to the elders. That meant he was connected into a local church. This is not something that sort of happened by a wayside. He was a part of a community of believers. And there came a time when they laid hands on him to impart to him and activate him in the call of God in his life. This was a young man, and he became a bishop over thousands and thousands and thousands of people. How did it happen? He had a a wonderful gift operating in his life. How did he receive the gift? Someone spoke prophetically the mind of God, and when they laid hands on him, it was imparted into him. Notice Paul says, it was imparted by the laying on of my hands, accompanied with the words of prophecy. Later on, Paul writes in 1 Timothy 1 verse 18, he says, now war a good warfare according to the prophecies that came over you. So with the impartation of the spiritual gift came an area of conflict. You see, when hands were laid on him, it's because God had a mission for him to get the mission done. He needed to have spiritual activation. He needs spiritual empowerment. So when Paul laid hands on him and the gift was imparted to him, he was responsible to keep the gift alive, to keep the gift operating. That was his job. And Paul has to write and say, Timothy, come on, don't be scared. Don't be fearful. Don't be intimidated by all those people. Come on, stir up that gift inside you. That gift got dormant. You let that gift that once operated in you, you've let it fall down inside you. Come on, activate it again. So the laying on of hands will impart the gift, but it's your responsibility to keep whatever God's given you alive, burning, and on fire. How did he lose it? It became dormant. It was never gone. It just became dormant. I wonder how many are sitting here today, and once you moved in the, someone laid hands on you, you at a conference, there was an impartation, someone imparted, and you were activated in a gift, but it is dormant. It's not operating. What happened? The devil has come to steal away something God put in you to make you a blessing, to fulfill your destiny. It's your responsibility to keep it alive. What happened? Did you get hurt? Did you get a setback? Did you go through a fiery trial? Did you go through a disappointment? What did you go through? Or was it just people intimidated you? Paul says to Timothy, come on, stir up, activate, get that gift fired up in you again. He said, remember the prophecies that I spoke over you. Begin to use them like a weapon of war. Speak what God says about you, not what people are speaking about you. It doesn't matter what people are speaking about you. It's what God is speaking about you that really counts. You need to be agreeing with what God speaks about you. And if he's prophesied over you through someone, then get that word. Use it as a weapon of war and speak. Declare it into the atmosphere with faith. And I tell you something, heaven will respond to your faith and there'll be a flow of life through you. So activating the gifts of the Spirit. Fantastic. Here's another one that, that it's used for, and that is deliver or two deliverance and healing. So you have a look in uh, Luke chapter 
13. Luke chapter 13. Luke, sorry, it's not Luke. Yes, Luke chapter 13. Luke 13. And there's a woman who has a spirit of infirmity. She's sick. She has a serious back problem. Verse 10. Jesus in a synagogue, there's a woman with an evil spirit, 18 years, and was bent over, could not lift herself up. When Jesus saw her, he called her to himself and said, now notice this, he spoke, and then, verse 13, he laid hands on her. So woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. So he spoke to the woman. And then he laid hands on her, and when he laid hands on her, the word he had spoken immediately was activated. Many times... The words of God, once they're spoken, require us to do something. Jesus laid hands on her. He wasn't afraid of the demon, not afraid of any evil spirit in people. He just laid hands on her, and the moment he laid hands on her, there was a transference of power. The demon came out. She stood up, and she was healed. So deliverance can be done. The laying on of hands is a part of the ministry of deliverance. It's not all of it. Deliverance ministry requires the verbal command, the speaking to demons directly or speaking and commanding the situation to change. But with it, we also lay hands on people. So the next area, of course, is Mark 16 and verse... Let's have a look at it. Mark chapter 16. The Great Commission. Verse 15. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized to be saved. He that does not believe shall be condemned. Now, notice this. These signs will follow those who believe. Follow those who believe. Do you believe that you, as a follower of Jesus Christ, can be used by God supernaturally? It says these signs will follow those who believe. In other words, as you begin to share the gospel as you make Christ known to people, as you engage with those who are lost and unsaved and in desperate need, you can expect God to do something. Now, these signs of all those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons, they'll speak with new tongues, they'll take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover. They will recover. So, Healing the sick is associated with the gospel. The gospel is not just words. It's about God moving to endorse his words. And so the Bible calls you to lay hands on the sick people. How many know some sick people? We're called to lay hands on them in faith, believing that they will recover. The word recover means become well again. Sometimes people recover. It takes time. It's a gradual process. Sometimes it's immediate. But you know, We're we're called to do our part, which is pray and lay hands on people. Lay hands on them and believe for God to flow through and touch them. When you lay hands on people, sometimes they feel the power. Sometimes you feel the power. It can be like a warmth. can be like electricity. Sometimes you feel nothing. Don't look for what you feel. Just do what God says to do. Lay hands expecting God to do something. Now, faith is always necessary for people to be healed. Without faith, people are not healed. I've noticed an interesting thing. I was in a church in, uh, in, in Taiwan, and there was a man there in a wheelchair, and we prayed for him and helped him out of the wheelchair. 
and he began to walk and he began to walk so quickly he didn't want me to hold his hand he just began to walk up and down and he was incredibly excited about walking but what I noticed was the people who were with him were almost in a panic they now you notice what they're seeing they're seeing him walk for the first time unaided in years and you know what's the uppermost thing in their mind get him back in the wheelchair he'll hurt himself in other words their natural mind had not caught up with what God had done their natural mind was saying oh oh it just actually wasn't registering he was healed the natural mind was saying he can't be out of a wheelchair he needs a wheelchair in other words they were frozen in time in their thinking and in their mentality and God had moved and they hadn't caught up with a miracle I, I said no fold up the wheelchair because this is what I've learned that if you put them back in it they probably won't get out of it again I've learned that when you pray for someone this is some of the things I've discovered in praying for people to be healed this is some the first thing is many people wait until they feel something and if they don't feel anything they don't think anything's happened second thing that many people do is this they have felt something and and found a little freedom but they focus on what God hasn't done yet they focus on their sickness I asked them this question did you feel God touch you yes I did has the pain gone a little are you freer in that limb can you move a little more yes I can well then don't focus on what hasn't happened start praising God and thanking God for what's happened and the miracle will continue to go right through your body until it is complete so sometimes miracles are progressive when you see when blind eyes are open it's usually instantaneous well I've had that come in stages too prayed for one person they could see a little prayed again see a little better by the time I prayed the fourth time they could see clearly just kept praying and believing so an important thing in this area of faith healing or healing by faith is that people keep their faith active you keep your faith active thank you God you've touched me thank you your healing is worked through my body right now by your stripes I'm here in other words maintaining a position of faith in spite of some of the symptoms that may still be there does that mean we don't go to doctors not at all doctors have their place the Bible tells us to go first to the Lord in James 4 James 5 and verse 16 it tells us this if any be sick this is what it says it's quite interesting now the revised version of the Bible is like this it says if any be sick reach into the medical cabinet and get something to fix you up the revised revised version says if any be sick call the doctor immediately and say that the Bible says this if anyone be sick let him call for the elders of the church they will come and anoint him with oil and pray over him and the prayer of faith will heal him presumably that means laying on hands as well so many people make the prayer of leaders in the church the last place I'm going to you now to pray because I've been everywhere else and nothing else works now I have to come not a lot of faith in that God says no believe him for health believe him to keep in health believe him for healing when healing is needed do we need the doctors yes the doctors are helpful but just make your first place prayer turn to the Lord first and say God touch the sickness touch this thing we had uh, one situation with one of our daughters and she had an eczema condition for years and years and years 
and uh, we tried all kinds of things. We prayed for her and prayed for her and took her to doctors, gave her things. And more recently, it's got worse and worse and worse. And uh, nothing we did, even praying, didn't seem to do any different. Didn't seem to make any difference. And uh, when she was here last, uh, Janice prayed for her, actually. And she felt the touch of God. And we just gave her a book. And she went away and she began to look at the issues of her heart and began to look. Perhaps there are some blocks to healing taking place. And she began to look at some generational things that may have been in her life. She began to look at some areas of attitude in her life. And then she just prayed some prayers to put her heart right before God. She woke up the next morning and almost all of the eczema had gone. God did something no one else could do. No medicine. Nothing else could do it. But God could do it. So don't be discouraged if the first time you pray, nothing happens. And finally, the last is the area of commissioning believers. In Acts chapter 13 and verse 1 to 4, they commission people into acts of service by the laying on of hands. So the Holy Ghost spoke to Saul and spoke to Barnabas, spoke to them, put it in their heart that they had a call of God. And then God spoke to church leaders and said, now's the time of that call. So they laid hands on them after prayer and fasting and sent them out. And God worked through them mightily and powerfully. Through the Bible, the laying on of hands was used to set people into roles. In Acts chapter 6, they set deacons into roles. They prayed, and the spirit of wisdom and power came on them, and many of them worked in the supernatural and did miracles. The laying on of hands enables you to give what you have to someone else. Don't minimize what God has given you, and don't hold back from reaching out to someone to pray for them because just making that connection and believing God can release something into their life that changes them forever. Why don't we just close our eyes. I want to speak to the people who are watching on television right now. If you're watching on television, you know something could happen to you in just a moment of time. I'm going to pray a very simple prayer. This is a prayer to open your life to the power of God, to the person of Jesus Christ who died on the cross for your sins. As I pray this prayer, I'd like you to follow this prayer with me. I'd like you to speak this prayer aloud. And as you do this in this few moments in the room that you're sitting in watching this video, I tell you what will happen. God will hear your prayer no matter what country in the world you're in. His presence will come into your life. Your sins will be forgiven. You will be joined to the Lord. Let's just pray the prayer together, shall we? Father in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name. I thank you for loving me. I thank you for sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross for my sins. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins and you rose again from the dead. Today I ask you to forgive me. I receive you as my Savior. I give you my life today. I receive your spirit into my heart. And before heaven and earth, I declare Jesus Christ is my Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, those of you who are watching on television, God's presence is coming to that very room right now. You're probably watching on a television. Why don't you just step up from where you are and just put your hands on the screen right now. If you have a sickness in your body or if you have a need in your life right now, I want you to believe for the power of God to flow straight to you and to touch you right where you are. You ready? Just do that. Just step up with one hand on the TV screen. Are you right? 
All right, then I'm going to pray for you right now. I want you to believe in a few moments the power of God will come into that room where you're sitting right now. Father, I thank you for each and every person that is watching right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I rebuke every spirit of infirmity. I command you to go from their life now in Jesus' name. I command sicknesses to go in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I release the power of God into that room right now, into each person that is watching. Father, touch them with your mighty power. Now there it is. God's presence in that room with you right now. Check out and move your limb. Check out your sickness and give thanks to God for what he's done for you. Church, while we're sitting here right now, before we finish, I want you to do this. I want you to do this. We're going to do two things. We're going to stand up on our feet, and we're all going to pray in tongues. Then I'd like you to turn to someone, and I want you to ask, can I pray for you? Lay hands on them and release the blessing of God. Come on, let's do it. Let's do it right now. Come on, let's just pray. 15 seconds, praying in tongues, speaking in the heavenly language. Thank you, Lord. You are filling us afresh with your power. Thank you. You're filling us afresh with your anointing and your life. We have something to give to those around us in Jesus' mighty 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 name thank you lord once you turn to someone near to you and offer you can pray for them pray and release blessing over their life healing into their body if they need it let's just minister to one another thank you lord thank you lord for your wonderful presence thank you lord for touching people today Come and fall upon people right now. Touch people right now. Minister to people right now. Wherever they are, let your presence fall. Let the power of God flow through them. Find someone you can pray for. Believe for God to touch them with power.